Welcome to None of This Is Real. It's a podcast about all things mysterious and weird. It sure is. I'm Doomsday Demini. And I'm Sarah Sinkhole. And you are here with us in our safe hands or something. We <laughs> will with us. hold you and keep you safe and just wrap our weird vibe all around you and feel feel at peace. We're going to lull you to sleep with creepy weird stories and you're going to have okay. nightmares and wake okay, up feeling whoa, whoa, whoa. uncomfortable. <laughs> That took a turn. That took a turn. That's yeah. what's gonna happen. Uh, we're warning you. Forewarning. It could happen. It's a. We're here to. Little... We're here to snuggle you up and then creep you out. Yeah. Which yeah. that's what you're here for, right? That's why you keep coming back. Thanks for coming back. <laughs> we <laughs> appreciate it. <sighs> Seriously, though, hey. we have been getting more reviews and emails, and I just want to say I am just so flattered and floored and. Uh, appreciative. Flattered and floored. It sounds like you it's a big old mess over there. Flattered and floored, the Sarah story. <laughs> That's your memoir. Mm-hmm. A memoir. Hey, Sarah. Yeah, what? What's up? Did anything weird or mysterious happen to you in the last couple weeks? It's a mystery to me why. <laughs> so I never got rid of that kitten. Nobody ever came to claim it. Now we're all madly in love with it. So I guess we have four cats now. And it's very small and cute. It's so small and cute, y'all. But the stuff that comes out of that cat into the litter box is the stankiest. It's like permeating every part of the house. So now it's going to be an outside cat because I can't handle it. What's wrong with it? Why is it so I stinky? Don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I, you know what? Don't I'm not at a point in my life where I'm like not trying to inspect cat poopies, so I'm just like you're just a stinky cat and you're, you're going to live outside. So yeah, it's a mysterious dookie smell filling my house. Hmm. Because life That's is gross. Appropriate. Life is gross. Mm-hmm. It's really gross. Yeah. Levon and I watched a poop science video on YouTube for homeschool the other day because I was like, "What do you want to learn about?" And he's like, "Butts," and I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> okay." So we watched some videos about digestion, and now I'm super hyper-focused on what's happening inside my body. (laughs) (laughs) You're learning, too. Yeah. I usually just picture the ball of white light, like the guy from uh, Fierce Invalids, Home from Hot Climates, that Tom Robbins book. That's what I'm I'm Mm -hmm. always just like, yeah, there's not real stuff in there. It's just a ball of light, because I don't want to think about that. Boy, you'd make a great doctor. Mm, I would be such a good doctor. I'd be passing out. There'd be titties everywhere. I'd be throwing up and being like, oh my God, you're gross. Are you okay? You're gross. <laughs> just picture that ball of white light and you'll be okay in the morning. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Just go to bed. You're just fine. Don't worry. So what weird thing are you going to tell me about? My mom made me sign up for next door. Oh Lord, that is ridiculous. She just, she kept talking about it. Every time I would say something like, yeah, we, we probably could use like a, a stove or whatever. <laughs> you got to sign up for next door. There's stuff on there. There's always stuff on there. People give, it's just giving stuff away. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. That, that never so happens on up. my next door. I haven't seen it yet. Here's what I saw. So they send you these emails with little updates. Like this is what people are writing about in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm, so this, the first those. email I get is this, a woman saying, my house 
has 30 windows, of which five are picture windows. Just recently, I have found three birds that died from hitting the window. Okay, and you need to announce it to everyone? Like, I'm sorry, do you need help? What do you need? Do you need someone to pick up the dead bird? Do you need someone to change your window situation? (laughs) Do you need an exorcist? What do you need? Maybe that, yeah. So that's the first thing I get is this lady's got birds just flying into her window, which is a thing you see in horror movies all the time. Right before, like <laughs> some little kid gets a weird uh, psychic gift or so, or starts killing scribbling people. in circles on a piece of paper. What, mommy? Yeah. I'm not doing anything. And meanwhile, birds are just. <laughs> I don't know that. That's, that's the sound, the sound of make. a bird. That's the sound of a bird slamming in your picture window. Wow. So that's my weird thing. There's other weird things, but that's what I'll tell you about for now. <laughs> there's also, um, there's a gas line being installed in my yard right now. So if you hear any strange noises, that don't just don't worry about it. It's just that. It's, it's not my dad or my son. Or your dad walking around the yard with binoculars. It is just the gas people. (laughs) It's just the gas people. If they come too close, Puck might start barking. So because you sent your mom and your son to the science centers and and your dad's not in town. So nobody on your end is going to come interrupt. So my end has to have the interruption. Is it always got to be something? (laughs) Always something. Because humans we live in a society uh, yeah we do we sure do always something there to disturb me <laughs> <laughs> that is what that song should have been called or should, that should be the words because i am disturbed constantly <laughs> perpetually <laughs> disturbed stop disturbing me if nobody else does it i'll just disturb myself <laughs> why not <laughs> that's true Keep keep me on my toes. Well, speaking of disturbing things, we, this week, we're talking about black dog legends, or sometimes they're called hellhounds, or shucks, old shucks. Yeah, I've got a long <laughs> list of names that I'm going to butcher in other languages, so <laughs> get ready for that. <laughs> I'm excited. So th- this is something like, so our very, very first episode, you, no, not our, yes. Yeah, no. it was our first First episode, that's right. We talked about, I talked about the demon dog of Valley Crucis or the devil dog or something. I think it was the demon dog. That sounds right. And then we got an email from a listener or a a Facebook message from a listener saying like, oh, here's some more information about black dog legends. And so it's been on our list for a while. It has. Yeah, I think we put it on there right after that. I got really excited because I was like, ooh, black dog, maybe I can like sing some Zeppelin or whatever. And then I looked, I was like, maybe there's a verse that I'm miss, that I'm not remembering that's actually pertinent to what we're talking about. No, it has nothing to do with black dogs at all, that song. Nope. Just that nope. Robert Plant is so sexual. Oh, God, it's so sexual. Y'all. <laughs> Y'all. Y'all. Um, but so you're going to say, you're going to tell us a lot of historical and psychological things yeah yes i am and i'm gonna tell a tale when you're done i'm gonna poop a little pile of science pellets of historical and science pellets and then you're gonna squash that with a spooky spooky turd i'm gonna dance around it and then (laughs) 
Leia spooky turd in the middle. Because did you see that thing I posted? Every poop you take in October is a spooky dookie. Yeah, spooky dookie got stuck in my head and I was just walking. Like, it would just, all of a sudden I would just think spooky dookie and then I would giggle. Because I am so mature. We are grown women. My grandma used to say, um, we would get dressed up and have tea parties and she would say, we're dignified and reserved. And I would... (laughs) I would say, yes, we are. And then I got older and got way less reserved and <laughs> dignified. Not that I ever was. And she gave me a book. I think it was like my 15th birthday when I had just gotten my mohawk for the first time. And she's like, Merry Christmas. Here's a book about manners. And I was like, <laughs> sorry, it didn't work. <laughs> this is hilarious. Thanks for the prank gift. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Gma. <laughs> Oh, my okay. friend anyway. Jen has two little books. They're like little novelty books that are like two inches tall. And they're called uh, Don'ts for Wives. Oh, God. And Do's for Wives, like things you're supposed to do and don't do as a wife. And they're like really antiquated. Oh, I have a book like that that's about like uh, something about love. It's about courting. And it's all telling the guy like, here's how you get the lady to like you it's terrifying i'll read it some other time when it's appropriate i'll find it okay. and read it to y'all I'm it's scared. very disturbing yeah all right <clears throat> but we're not well, talking about that <laughs> lay some uh why don't you lay some little science pellets around in a circle so i can take a big spooky dookie in, in a little bit i will make a fairy <laughs> circle of science science and history turds okay yay so f- i'm gonna read my sources the first one is myths e2bn.org the black dogs of Bungay or Bungie I'm not sure how you say that wired.com why so many people think they've seen ghost dogs with glowing eyes by Matt Simon uh, the Ozark Howler and the black dogs of death by Ralph Torrent the dark companion the origin of black dog uh, by Chris Hewitt the black dog that worries you at home The Black Dog Motif in Modern English Folklore and Literary Culture by Sheila Quayle. And of course, Wikipedia. And goodbye. (laughs) Scene. Okay. (laughs) All right. So like you said earlier, black dogs have a lot of different names. There's Shuck, Black Shuck, Black Jack. I like this one. Galley Trot. In Scotland, it's known as Coo Sith. In Ireland, it's very similar, but it's like Coo. And I, I listened to these pronunciations so many times, and of course now I do not remember any of them. Coo City. I don't know how to. I should know Irish uh, dialect, but I don't. In Wales, it's C W N, because that's a word. A N N W N. So, Kuhn Anwen. Sure, why not? Whatever. Anyway. There's so many names. I like Harry Jack, the Church Grim, Padfoot, Shrieker, Sky Yelpers, Bogey Beasts. There's so many, so many names. I won't even read all of them. You should look on Wikipedia. I think they're all listed there. Did I say Sky Yelpers? Yeah, I think you just said that, and I really like that one. Yeah, that's my favorite one. I, actually, I changed. I changed my mind. Okay, those so. are people who review restaurants in the sky. <laughs> sky yelpers. Yes. They do it on the airplane on their way home and from their trip. They are the worst. 
for the worst kind of Yelpers, which are pretty bad in general, I think, anyway. All right. So the origins of Black Dog are, no one really knows for sure where this started, where it came from, but you can find them, these sort of myths, all over the place, like Siberia, North America, and all over Asia. So in England, they think they may have begun with the Saxons or Vikings, because in uh, Norse mythology, there is a giant monstrous wolf named Fenrir, who's the son of Loki and was chained by the gods of Asgard, but nonetheless destroyed them in the Battle of Ragnarok. So it could come from that. It could also come from uh, the name Shuk could come from Anglo-Saxon Skuka, meaning demon. So there's, a, you know, the link between black dogs and creepy, creepy demons. Is there any come from that. connection between that word and people saying, aw, shucks, like... Do you think No, I didn't it... find it. I didn't find any mention of aw shucks. Okay. Aw shucks. There's that demon dog again. <laughs> Darn it. Aw shucks. I'm running for my life again. <laughs> Tired. So I'm going to share a new word that I learned in doing this research, which I really like. It is psychopomp. Oh, yeah. Psycho-pomp. I love that word. So yeah, creepy. Yeah, which when I think about, when I read it, I immediately pictured like a psychobilly you know, rockabilly person with this just huge pompadour. <laughs> I don't, that's not what it means. It's a spirit deity person who, or person who guides the souls of the dead to the afterlife. I read something, I can't remember what it was, where it was basically a legend or a belief that if you astral project and you yeah. do it either for too long or the wrong way, a psychopomp will come and take you to away. You'll die. Cool. Let's go yeah. astral project. That sounds like fun and low risk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. So it's a psychopomp, possibly. And it could also come from Celtic fairy stories. It could be a fairy beast. Like us. We're fairy beasts. In ancient Greece... The black dog could come from the mythology of Cerberus. Cerberus. The three-headed hound that guards the underworld. Like in Harry Potter. Sorry. Harry Potter. What? Why? I don't know. Okay. In ancient <laughs> Persia. Oh, this is bad. So apparently in ancient Persia, dogs were the preferred method of disposing dead bodies. No. So they were like, oh, you dead? Here, give it to the dogs. Circle of life. I mean, whatever. I think we're all way too hung up on funerals and embalming. All that shit is weirder to me than just being like, let my body rot in the forest. No, fill me full of chemicals and stick me in a box and come look at me later. No. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Last night, Levon decided that uh, when we all die, me and Levon and Lauren, when we're all dead, um, we're going to be trees and bugs and everything, you know? He, we're going to be a bug family. He, and I'm like, it's going to be so fun to be bugs. He's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> Aw, yeah. So, yeah. We're, we're trying to take a positive view of death around here. Or at least a not-so-fucking-terrifying one that I was raised with. All right. So you could be eaten by dogs in ancient Persia. That's cool. Makes sense. <laughs> Elsewhere around the world, um, stray dogs, and still to this day, are scavengers, and sometimes they even eat people, which has 
caused them to have an association with death. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. In ancient Egypt, there was the Wepwawet, a dog-like god that opened roads to the underworld. Aztecs defined the dog as Colotl, sorry, who carried the sun through the underworld. So it's a lot, there's a lot of associations with dogs and psychopomps and afterlife and the underworld. And like passage to the underworld. Right. So as well as sacrificing dogs to the gods, Mediterranean and Middle Eastern people used them as scape dogs in healing and cleansing rituals. And y'all, it's about to get super nasty. Get ready. So it was thought, and this is um, a long, long time ago when we thought all kinds of weird shit. And there was no science. So just be glad you're born now. Because it was thought that by touching a person's body, dogs could absorb their diseases and impurities. They licked wounds to prevent abscesses forming or were rubbed across a pregnant woman's belly to purify her and her child. Just rub a dog on my belly. Oh, that's cute, though. (laughs) That part's fine. But the licking wounds, I did not want to. That thing licks its butthole. Bye. (laughs) What are you talking about? This is where it's sad. Dogs were also killed after someone's birth, illness, or death in order to clean and protect them either in this life or the next. And frequently, the dog used in these ceremonies was black. There is a written account from around the year 800 in modern France, which instructs this. It's getting here. This is weird and gross, too. To determine whether a sick person will die. All you got to do is take a tick off a black dog and put it in your left hand. So you walk into the room of the sick person. And if the sick person turns toward you to look at you, he's a goner. That's what you do when someone walks in a room. Yeah. What? Yep. I don't know. Or you could wipe the sick person with a lump of lard and throw it to a dog. If the dog eats the lard, then the patient will live. (laughs) Well, you have a pretty good chance. Yes, I'm going to rub this Crisco all over your sick body, and then I'm going to feed it to this dog. And sorry, if the dog don't eat it, you're a dead man. Like, what? Where what? Where what? Okay. It's like the Crisco absorbs the energy, and if you're Mm -hmm. too sick, the dog won't eat it. That makes total sense to me. I mean, Crisco is magical, so I guess I could see why that (laughs) does make everything better, even you. Most dogs would eat some Crisco. So if they don't, there's something. Yeah, dogs eat Dookie, so you're in trouble (laughs) if they don't eat your sick Crisco. Oh, Lord. Okay. There's also a really cool story, which we can probably do a whole episode about, so I'll just briefly mention it. There's a a creature, a cryptozoological creature called the Ozark Ozark Howler. I cannot Mm. speak. It is described as a huge beast that lives in the Ozark Mountains of the American South and has shaggy fur, a beard like a goat, horns like an antelope, a long tail like a lion, and glowing red eyes. Just like Mothman's brother. It's a Mothman's brother. That is a fish song. So sorry, everyone. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. I, I have seen fish a lot. Okay, we'll talk about that in a different episode, too. We don't have time. We've already talked about so many things. Okay. So I'm going to go over some interpretations and explanations of the black dog story. 
Interpretate and explanate, please. I'm going to explanate and interpretate all over you. Get ready. I'm ready. So in a lot of these black dog stories, like the one you talked about, they're associated with long, lonely stretches of road or crossroads or churches or places where people have been executed. So all the spooky places, which makes sense, right? Yeah. In older in older folklore, sometimes they were used to explain, uh, they were explained as the ghosts of murdered or executed people, harbingers of death, or an earthly manifestation of the devil. I've always wanted to be a harbinger of something. I don't feel like we're giving these dogs a bad rap. I'm I'm a harbinger of farts. <laughs> so the devil. So sometimes some stories you will die if you hear a black dog howl. So it's uh every time you hear it you get more and more terrified and the third howl is when the when it when you die. You just drop dead. You just drop dead, I guess. I don't know. Or it's like if you hear it howl three times, you're going to die soon. I'd rather just drop dead. I don't need that sort of anxiety added to the other anxiety that's already there. Yeah, just let me go. I don't need any warning. <laughs> so, and this this idea has been around for a long time because Plutarch, who was a Greek essayist, and he lived from 46 AD to 120 AD, he wrote about a black dog appearing to a man as a as an omen of his uh, de- his impending death. And that's a long time ago. It's very interesting to me that this is all cultures that had no connection all were like spooky dogs well because they they're not harbingers of death they don't cause your death they're just coming to help you cross over because they they're like the traffic directors of the underworld or or they're the devil or they're the devil we or both don't know maybe the the devil just wants you to in an orderly fashion enter the underworld please thank you (laughs) wait your turn be quiet in line, single file. Oh, this is awesome. So in European folklore, there's a thing called the wild hunt. And I had a whole bunch more in my notes about it, which I took out because I was like, "That's this is about black dogs, not not this. But, you know, I always do that. I always go I'll off have to come back to it. I, I, it's on the topics list because it is so interesting to me. So the wild hunt is a ghostly chase of human hunters and their animal companions. And it's... Uh, widespread across northern and western Europe and black dogs lead the wild hunt in some cases but I do have one quote that I will read about the wild hunt because it is relevant surprise surprise so the earliest surviving description of an incident in the Petersburg Abbey from the no excuse me Peterborough Abbey from the Peterborough Chronicle in the year 1127 Many men both saw and heard a great number of huntsmen hunting. The huntsmen were black, huge, and hideous, and rode on black horses and on black he-goats, and their hounds were jet black, with eyes like saucers, and horrible. (laughs) And horrible. Yeah. (laughs) So, spooky. In certain parts of Britain, the hunt is said to be hellhounds chasing sinners or the unbaptized. But I've been baptized, but that shit did not stick. I've been um, baptized too, and yeah. demon dogs chase me on the daily, so it, it's no guarantee, y'all. And also, aren't we all sinners? Isn't that the whole point? 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, back to hellhounds. <laughs> so they are spectral creatures that are seen in the shape of gigantic black dogs. Sometimes they are even missing their head. So a headless dog body just chasing you, which is scarier to me than glowing red eyes, if you ask me. My goodness, somebody called a veterinarian. What is going on with that dog? <laughs> At other times, they speak in human voices. So no cool. thanks ever, never. Uh-uh. I don't like it at all. It depends all. on the voice. If the dog is like, I'm going to eat your soul. No, thank you. But if the dog is like, hey, guys, what's it, you want to smoke a doobie? <laughs> okay, cool. yeah. But if it's a big dog that's chasing you, hey, wake him back. I just wanted to smoke a doob. It's chasing you because it's your turn. He's passing the doobie to you. Puff, puff, pass. Just stand still. Oh my Try god. Try to give you something. It's good. This is a yeah. good OG. I've always wanted to be able to understand animals talk. You know, it's very, but in this context, I don't like it. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> okay. I don't want your demon, demon doobie. Okay. I'll take your turn in the demon doobie rotation. Thanks. I'm good. <laughs> All right. I'm crying a little bit because I have allergies and I'm laughing. So this is bad. Okay, so I got it. Some hellhounds will leap into the sky (laughs) or appear and disappear suddenly, walking straight into a large tree or a hillside. So they're like, fine, you don't want my doob. I'm just going to go back in this tree and hang out with my other demon friends. Um, Some versions of the mythos claim that the black dog is actually a human who, having obtained magical powers, is able to transform. So when you see it, it, as a consequence, when people would see a black dog, sometimes that would lead to a literal witch hunt. Oh, looking for the witch. Yes. And I wrote in my notes, but come on, what didn't lead to a witch hunt back then? You sneeze and there's a witch hunt. That woman disagreed with me. Yeah. (laughs) Burn her, burn her ass. Okay. So this is some explanations as to why these ideas would be so prevalent across cultures. Okay. So back in the day, before we had our cozy houses and cars to run over animals with and we were cutting down all the forest, uh, wolves were a serious threat. But with time, apparently they warmed up to us, and so we did what we do, and we domesticated the wolf into the dog. And sure are cute. Oh, gosh. Little puppies. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Stop. This is supposed to be scary. Not cute. Okay. Oh, I'm <laughs> freaking out. You look like you're freaking out. Are you okay? I'm sorry. Please go ahead. What Why was do that people... voice or face? Okay. We domesticated dogs. We domesticated dogs, but there are still wolves that are scary Um and have been known to attack humans. So it's this weird relationship between, like, we love dogs, but dogs are also still wild and could rip your face off if they really felt like it. I'm going to elucidate on that theory. Please elucidate. And I'm going to read a little bit from a paper called Monster of God, the Man-Eating Predator in the Jungles of History and the Mind by David Quammen. He contends that to fear a man-eating creature is a part of human nature. 
as, quote, they were part of the ecological matrix within which Homo sapiens evolved and of the psychological context in which our sense of identity as a species arose. So the introduction of these creatures into spiritual systems and culture was a coping mechanism to deal with the fear of the creatures. So it continues, it says, it continues to fuel the popular craving for literature about man-eating animals, which is so true. Yeah. Like, how many shark movies and wolf movies and all that kind of stuff, like, Cujo! Yeah, oh my god, Cujo. But you, the likelihood of you being bit by a shark is so, so, so small. But we have so many movies that are like, well, you're, if you go in the ocean, a shark's gonna bite your legs off, so. Or, or there might be that. a Sharknado. God. I've never seen that. I'm sure it's a lovely film. <laughs> there is an expression that goes pretty far back, which is to have the black dog on your back, which means you are suffering from what they used to call melancholia, which is known today as depression. So if you're depressed, you think about death, you don't eat a lot, you're lethargic, you don't talk to people... And those are also symptoms of someone who, in stories, has have just seen a black dog. So this association goes all the way back to 40 BC and 1st century AD when Roman poets wrote about it. The first recorded use of black dog as a colloquial term for melancholy was by Samuel Johnson, who is the creator of the English Dictionary. He suffered from what you would probably call today clinical depression, but... They just called it melancholy back then. He, he, in letters and conversations with friends, he referred to his depression as the black dog. Winston Churchill also called his depression his black dog. Hmm. Here's a quote from Samuel Johnson that I, that I totally, um, what's the word? Oh my God, there's a word that I'm forgetting. Whatever. This makes a lot of sense to me. I identify with it. God bless it. You resonate with it. It resonates with me on a deep level. Okay, y'all. He wrote this in one of his letters in 1783. He said, The black dog I hope always to resist and in time to drive. When I rise, my breakfast is solitary. The black dog waits to share it. From breakfast to dinner, he continues barking. Except that Dr. Brocklesby for a little keeps him at a distance. I don't know what that means. Maybe that's his nickname for masturbating. What? Sorry. Sorry, Sam. Dr. Brocklesby? <laughs> yeah. that's his that's what he calls his wiener maybe that's his therapist sure it could be or they his had doctor is that when they called them alienists maybe maybe it's just his cute little doctor friend that comes by every night to talk to him after dinner or something and and it's a ghost it's a ghost guy ghost doctor coming this fall <laughs> <laughs> ghost doctor All right. The quote continues, respectfully, sorry. Night comes at last, and some hours of restlessness and confusion bring me again to a day of solitude. What shall exclude the black dog from a habitation like this? And I'm like, I feel your pain, bud. And I'm like, if I ever get a black dog as a pet, I am naming it Dr. Brocklesby. (laughs) That's end of the discussion. (laughs) <laughs> Dr. Brucklesby. Look at little Dr. Brucklesby. Oh my God. Stop it. <laughs> Stop whatever that voice was right now, Sarah. Uh. All right. I got a couple more 
quotes from other writers. Doctor, no, this is not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Brocklesby. This guy's a sir, Sir Walter Scott. Sir okay. Sir Brocklesby also <laughs> suffered from depression. In his diary in 1826, he wrote, I passed a pleasant day, which was a great relief from the black dog, which would have worried me at home. And in his novel, uh, The Ant- Antiquary, in 1816, he wrote the expression, to have the black dog on the back. It's also been used by Honoré de Balzac in the draw stories in the 1830s. And he says, quote, make the best of it. Shake the black dog off your back. Adjust your petticoats. Laugh. <laughs> Which to me, it's like if those basic people who have those like, you know, in- inspirational signs in their home, it's like live, laugh, love. That's the 1830s equivalent. <laughs> Shake, adjust your petticoats and laugh. <laughs> They have that carved into a piece of wood over their uh, yeah, with like butter churn. Swirly, swirly letters right above the butter churn. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. Do, 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 do. I've lost my place. Robert Louis Stevenson. In, <laughs> in his book, New Arabian Nights in the 1880s, he says, The black dog was on his back, as people say, in terrifying nursery metaphor terrifying nursery metaphor yeah what is that and so the idea is that other than other humans fellow humans black black dogs no just dogs are our oldest companions they can be threatening uh you know biting us and following us around and being menacing but at other times they can be locked up or bribed with a treat so the use of black dog as a metaphor reflects the dual symbolism of dogs. Depression is a constant dark companion that can hopefully be controlled and eventually mastered. With a treat. Give Dr. Brocklesby a treat and he will get off your back! Jeez! (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's it. Dog, this has got a lot of names, comes from a lot of different cultures, a lot of different origins, possibly... It's a metaphor for our fear of wild animals and for depression. Okay. Yeah. How's that? What do you think about that? Is any of that real? So you're saying that there's no actual black dog. It's just a metaphor and people see it or feel it or allude to it as an expression because they are depressed or melancholy, as they used to say. Yeah. And, you know, before there were explanations for everything and understanding, you're not everything, but the explanations we have today, before there was science and understanding of, you know, the natural world and your body, we had a lot of weird ideas. And I feel like when you believe something, you know, if people call depression the black dog and people who see the black dog are acting depressed, it's about death. It's a, there's all these, you know, ideas about the dog taking you to the next world if you believed all those things, it would be very easy to see a dog at night and see its eye shine and be like, oh, shit, I'm going to die. <laughs> and then like the like the curse episode we did, when you believe something, it happens. It can happen because you're making it happen to your own body. You're like, well, I'm going to die now and just lay down yeah. and die. Yeah. Or interpret be... everything in your life as horrible. It could be that. And if people are using it as a metaphor, then... If they decided to end their life, it 
could be said that the black dog took them, right? Right. I mean, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's real. But I also believe, I don't, I'm not going to say I believe it 100%, but I believe in the possibility that there is a real black dog. I, I often believe both. Like there is that explanation and that could be a true explanation as to why people would see this thing. But then sometimes I like to think it might be real. Like there might really be another world or realm we can't see where something, some type of spirit or helper or guide is sent to help you cross over and maybe it comes in the form of a black dog. Maybe it comes in the form of a black dog because we named it that. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I think your explanations could be real. And I also think that the black dog could be a real spirit or dog. I don't think it's a demon or a devil, though. I think it's just some. It's something that, if it's real, takes you to the next plane of existence and we're afraid of it. So we give it the name of demon. Which is what I was saying earlier is how we just have a terrible, like, relationship with death. We don't talk about it. We're all freaked out about it. We make this big, weird ceremony of doing shit to dead bodies. And, like, if you're going to have a ceremony about death, let it be a celebration of that person's life and an uplifting of everybody and a, like, do something that makes sense in the natural world, not fill us full of chemicals and stick us in a box with a rock on top of it. Like, what are we doing? It's never, it's always been weird to me. When my grandma, the one I was talking about earlier, the dignified and reserved grandma, when she died and it was like totally out of nowhere, she had a blood clot during surgery and it went to her brain and she had a stroke and nobody was expecting, it was a third surgery on her thumb. Oh my God. Very innocuous. Right. And she wasn't, she was in her sixties, I want to say mid something like that. Anyway. When she died, my I have a lot of cousins, a lot of big family on that side. And my grandpa was like, I would like, you know, some of you to go up at her funeral and talk about her. And we were all like, oh, we can't do that. No, oh, no, it's too sad. It's too much. I don't want to do it. And so the funeral happened and the pastor or whatever was like, does anybody want to come up and say anything? And I was like, nope. Part of my brain said nope. And then seriously, not joking, all of a sudden I was walking down the aisle to go up to the thing. And I was like, well, oh shit, I guess I'm doing this. I don't know wow. what happened. And so I got up there and I told a bunch of funny stories about grandma. Cause that's all I wanted to do anyway. I just wanted to be like, don't you remember how funny she was and how silly and much fun? She-? Like, that's all I wanted to talk about. But I told a story about how she had a huge collection of dress up clothes. I still have some of them. And I got really dressed up one time. I was probably about four or five. And she kept telling me, you look so tacky. And I didn't know what that meant, so I thought it was a good thing. And we went to, like, a store, and I was still in my big tacky outfit. And this man says to me, oh, don't you look so beautiful? And I said, no, I don't. I look tacky. (laughs) And I was like, and that has informed my style ever since that day. (laughs) Like, so, yeah. This is all grandma's fault. Okay. It sounds like she made you get up at her feet. She was like, you get up right now and you walk and you tell a funny story about me. And that's, you didn't I mean, get up. She happened. picked you up by your hair. <laughs> yeah, by my mohawk. She was like, get up there. I would, I would rather that be every funeral. It's like, let's all just sit around and tell stories about 
how silly or funny or dumb this person was. <laughs> Remember that time, Sarah? Oh, God, no, don't talk about it. Oh, boy, first. I'll have a lot to say. <laughs> That's what but I'm saying. I have, to, I have to go first at least by one day so that I can appear to you as that animal we discussed and talk That's in a right. ghost voice. That's right. So... Turns out you were wrong about everything, Sarah. <laughs> I will actually speak at your funeral, but as that animal, I'll crawl up to the podium and I'll be like, Sarah was hilarious. One time when we were 15, she pissed her pants laughing. <laughs> she peed on my ex-boyfriend's front porch to help me get over it. Oh my God, I did do that. Oh, God. I peed right on that welcome mat in the middle of the night. Wow. (laughs) Uh, It's like, what can we do? I'm so mad at this guy. Let's pee on his welcome mat. That'll show him. That'll show him because he'll never know what happened. And then what was we didn't we were like, don't you aren't you supposed to put something in somebody's tailpipe? Do we put popcorn in there? Popcorn. We put popcorn kernels. Like they probably just fell out when he drove away. (laughs) There was no way that had any. We should have put a potato in there. I think that's what you're supposed to do. He's listening right now and he's like, oh my God, my driveway was full of popcorn. That's what that was. It smelled like pee and popcorn out here. I've never been able to enjoy popcorn ever since. Smells like pee. (laughs) Will you tell me a spooky story that will make people reconsider all the science turds and say, maybe. So I have only one source because I'm going to tell you only one story. The source is LukeBowserman.com. Luke, B-A-U-S-E-R-M-A-N.com. It's a, a blog post called Hellhounds of Appalachia. So this is close Ooh, to home, y'all. It is. And he got his information from an old story that he just reposted on a blog okay. called The Black Dog of the Blue Ridge. And this was recorded by Mrs. R.F. Herrick in 1907. Ooh, cool. And by recorded, we don't mean she wasn't a podcaster. She just probably wrote it down. She was the very first podcaster. <laughs> Miss Miss Herrick. Thank you, um, Mrs. Herrick. Mrs. Herrick, excuse me. Now, I don't know how to pronounce this. But Bo- Botort County? Have you ever heard of this place? Botort? Like B-E-A-U? B-O-T-E-T-O-U-R-T. B O T E T A U R T. Boater, boater, boater. I know there's a hundred counties in this state, but I ain't never heard no boater. That's Virginia, though. So someone from Virginia is going to have to let us know if that's right. But, anyways. How do we say that, Virginians? Help us out. All right, now let me get into my creepy story voice. Now that we've gotten mispronunciation out of the way. Mispronunciation! I can't pronounce mispronunciation. Speaking of, I heard someone say Appalachian the other day. And every time someone says that, I can't help it. I'm just like, oh, God, get it right. Like, such a snob about that word for some reason. There's t-shirts that have the pronunciation on it. Appalachia. Yep. I need to get one of those. I need one. All right. Anyway, I can't, I'm not sure that I can listen to your spooky, scary voice and also look at your face at the same time. Close your eyes then. I'm just going to be giggling. I am going to tell you the story of the black dog of the Blue Ridge. 
<laughs> I might not be able to keep a straight face. Anyway. Uh, don't look at me. Don't look at each other. In Botort County, Virginia, <laughs> there is a pass that was much traveled by people going into Bedford County and by visitors to Mineral Springs in the vicinity. In the year 1683, the report was spread that at the wildest part of the trail in this pass, there appeared at sunset a great black dog who, with majestic tread, walked in a listening attitude about 200 feet and then turned and walked back. Thus, he (gasps) passed back and forth like a sentinel on guard, always appearing at sunset to keep his nightly vigil and disappearing again at dawn. And so the whispering went with bated breath from one to another until it had traveled from one end of the state to the other. Well, you know what? I kind of think this is just a nice dog. It's guarding and it's listening. Nice people listen, right? Nice people are good listeners. This is just a nice dog that just wants to hear your stories and make sure you're safe. Okay, well, we'll see if you're right. Is it a nice dog or a demon dog? Let's see. Parties of young cavaliers were made up to watch for the black dog. Many saw him. Some believed him to be a veritable dog sent by some master to watch. Others believed him a witch dog. Which Of course they did. I love the idea of a witch dog. A party decided to go through the pass at night, well-armed, to see if the dog would molest them oh no (laughs) (laughs) choosing a night when the moon was full they mounted good horses and sallied forth each saw a great dog larger than any dog they had ever seen and clapping spurs to their horses they rode forward but they had not calculated on the fear of their steeds when they approached the dog the horses snorted with fear and in spite of... Please, snort with fear. <laughs> How do you fearfully snort? <laughs> wow, this is great. Yet again, great podcasting we're doing here. Okay. The horses snorted with fear and in spite of whip, spur, and rein gave the dog a wide berth while he marched on as serenely as if no one were near. So he just ignored them. He ignored all that fearful, fearful snorting. (laughs) Yeah, he's just a chill dog. It's just out there. And you're trying to make him spooky and like creepy. What's up? I told you they just want to smoke a doobie. What did I say at the very beginning? You were right, I guess. I was right. That's our theory. It's just a stoner dog that wants to hang (laughs) out with you. Stoner dog. So the party was unable to force their horses to take the pass again until after daylight. Then... They were laughed at by their comrades, to whom they told their experiences. Thereupon, they decided to lie in ambush, kill the dog, and bring in his hide. This sounds like some toxic masculinity to me. I was just about to say, men can't be wrong, am I right? Uh. They oh, can't I saw it. Oh, you want me to prove it? Oh, I'll prove it. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, kill that uh, demon uh, dog. Uh, anyway. The next night found the young men well hidden behind rocks and bushes with guns in hand. As the last ray of sunlight kissed the highest peak in the blue ridge, the black dog appeared at the lower end of his walk and came majestically toward them. It's majestic! Leave it alone! (laughs) 
When he came opposite, every gun cracked. When the smoke cleared away, the great dog coughed and said, That's some heady weed, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not what it Your says turn, at all. Your turn, bro. Uh, when the smoke cleared away, the great dog was turning at the end of his walk, seemingly unconscious of the presence of the hunters. Again and again they fired, and still the dog walked his beat, and fear caught the hearts of the hunters, and they fled wildly away to their companions, and the black dog (laughs) held the pass at night unmolested. Uh, Unmolested. Oh, okay. Second time. We're just throwing that word around. We love that word Um, in the early 1900s. It meant something totally different back then. (laughs) Totally did. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's continue the story. I'm ready. Time passed, as it does. And yeah, year after year went by, as they do. I'm interjecting <laughs> here, obviously. Yeah, I can tell by your face, because you think you're so funny. <laughs> I do think I'm funny. I think I'm really funny. You are funny. I think so, too. But that's just what your face is like, as they do. Am I right? I'm so funny. <laughs> oh, you can tell the difference between my storytelling voice and my interjecting voice, can't you? Oh my god, you're so versatile. (laughs) Until seven years had come and gone, when a beautiful woman came over from the old country trying to find her husband, who eight years before had come to make a home for her in the new land. She traced him to Bedford County, and from there, all trace of him was lost. Many remembered the tall, handsome man and his dog. (gasps) Then there came to pass to her ear the tale of the vigil of the great dog of the mountain pass, and she pleaded with the people to take her to see him, (laughs) saying that if he was her husband's dog, he would know her. Again, a party was made up, and before night, they arrived at the gap. The lady dismounted and walked to the place where the nightly watch was kept. As the shadows grew long, the party fell back on the trail, leaving the lady alone. They were like, yeah, this dog is a real scary lady. You are on your own. Bye. We're out of here. Okay. And as the sun sank into his purple bed of splendor, the great dog appeared. Lord, Mrs. R.F., (laughs) lay it on thick. She's a poet. She's a flowery poet, this Mrs. R.F., Love it. Herrick. Mrs. Herrick. Mrs. Herrick. Walking to the lady, he laid his great head in her lap for a moment. Then, turning, he walked a short way from the trail, looking back to see that she was following. He led her until he paused by a large rock, where he gently scratched the ground, gave a long, low wail, and said, This is some good weed. Please let me pass it to you. I'm sorry, that's not what he said. He disappeared. He (gasps) he let out a long, low wail and disappeared. Poof, he's gone. Okay. Poof. The lady called the party to her and asked them to dig. As they had no implements and she refused to leave, one of them rode back for help. When they dug below the surface, they found the skeleton of a man and the hair and the bones of a great dog. They found a seal ring, which I guess is a type of ring, no. with a seal like on a it. Like a seal, like like the singer. 
okay. Some he had a ring on that the wife mm-hmm. recognized. And he also had embroidery in silk that the wife recognized. She removed the bones for a proper burial and returned to her old home. It was never known who had killed the man, but from that time to this, the great dog, having finished his faithful walk, has never appeared again. To which I say, good boy. (laughs) I I wrote that in my notes. (laughs) Just ways. It, your eyebrows. <laughs> I have my dad's eyebrows. <sighs> yeah, this definitely should. There's, we've got to start making a video of this so everyone <laughs> can see your face. Anyway, and then I also wrote, which I kind of said before, a theory of my own. Black dogs are real, and they're guardians of the underworld. They seem scary, but they either have a message for us, or they are keeping us away from something that's not meant for us. Or they're leading you towards your dead husband's body, apparently. Yeah. He had a message. The dog was like, yo, lady, he's right here. You can put his bones to proper burial. Right when you started talking about the people digging the body up, one mm-hmm. of my cats is, it's probably the kitten, is jumping up on the screen door and making this like scratchy sound. <gasps> she knows. And I was like, oh, what the, what the hell? No, he just wants to come in here and like, attack me or chew on something anyway is any of that real um well my thing is if if somebody's murdered why where did his ghost go why isn't he why isn't the man walking back and forth being like hey over here i'm dead y'all um because he has a dog to do it for him it was the ghost of a dog just the ghost See, if you're gonna believe that then you have to believe that dogs have souls equivalent to human souls and then if you're going to believe that, you have to believe in the idea of a soul altogether. And if you believe in that, you have to believe in the idea of a Kia soul, which is a car that you can drive. <laughs> yes, you can. It is a car and you can drive it, you dweeb. Okay. Ah, so we agree. Okay. We agree on the <laughs> Kia soul. Anyway. No, it's a great story. And I'm, I love the way that woman writes. It's a real story. she really wrote that story down she really wrote it and she really did a great job my dog is sleeping peacefully but these two squirrels are going nuts in my yard right outside the window so maybe they hear us talking about demon dogs too probably i couldn't tell if you were making a bad joke when you said the squirrels were going nuts but you didn't make a face about look how funny i am so i think you weren't making a joke <laughs> it, that just comes naturally i'm just made of jokes and so i don't even the dad realize. jokes just come tumbling out of my mouth it's i have so no funny. control over it oh i want to tell you oh. a joke can i tell you a joke really quick <laughs> um sure new segment bad nothing, dad jokes nothing to do with anything um when is the best time to go to the dentist? Oh, I know the answer to this joke. <laughs> but I'll let you say it. 2.30. <laughs> fucking face. <laughs> oh, 2.30. Hold on a second. Okay, now the cat is climbing up on the air conditioning unit in the window. Hmm. And scritch scratching away. So that'll add to the... To the spookiness of the black dog story and the spooky bad joke you just told. <laughs> so bad it was scary. Scarily bad. <laughs> All right. Great job. Great job. Okay. Do you have any questions for the Magic 8 Ball? I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Magic eight ball. Oh, wise oracle trapped inside a plastic novelty toy. Um, <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't have a question. I just Wait, want to answer that. You don't have a question. No, I was gonna ask if the man's ring really did have a picture of seal. <laughs> Baby. I'm not gonna do without my kids grave. Oh, so sorry. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I can ask. If you have a better question, feel free to ask that. Oh, great and wise oracle, Magic Eight Ball. Are black dogs guides into the underworld that are really just here to help us? For sure. It says for sure. For sure. I've never seen it say for sure. Usually it says It's yes saying like or... for sure. Pass that noob. That's why it says for sure. <laughs> because it's also confirming my other theory. <laughs> yes. It is in fact a huge stoner dog that comes to take you to the underworld and smoke you out on the way. Yes, that's nice. That is a polite yeah, and really... considerate dog. You know, I'm going to say what I say sometimes is that even if I don't believe it, I like that. I wish it was that. <laughs> well, you're in luck because it is. I, we just asked the <laughs> magic eight the ball. the eight ball said so. Forgot. Okay. Who are you to question the wise oracle? <laughs> and the word of the eight ball <laughs> is so. I was trying to be like biblical preacher man, but I just cracked myself up instead. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, my goodness gracious. Okay, do you oh have any... Oh my gosh, you guys. Anything else that you'd like to add or say? Oh, I have a review to read. Okay. You want to read that to us now? I'll do it. I'll do it. It's uh, called Funny and Fascinating, which is like, oh, thanks. Oh, so oh shucks. Oh, shucks. <laughs> Black dog's getting me. Such interesting and odd subjects. Is, are we the subjects? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe love, love the chemistry and everything about this podcast. Short and sweet, five stars, just the way we like it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We really appreciate. We that. love you too. Yeah, and we find you fascinating, even though we don't know you. If you want to leave us a review, um, we might just read it on the podcast, and we really, really appreciate it because when you leave reviews and rate us other people can find our weird mysterious podcast our funny and fascinating podcast thank thanks so much for listening and reviewing and you can follow us on instagram where all of our best jokes get turned into bad photoshopped <laughs> buffoonery by me <laughs> buffoonery um yeah every now and then sarah will be like can you send me a photo of yourself doing this and i send like four or five <laughs> ridiculous pictures of myself <laughs> yes it's really fun i thoroughly enjoy it and then so i'll just we'll just be like making dinner in the kitchen or something or i'll be at work and i'm like oh sarah needs a photo and all of a sudden i'm taking idiotic selfies <laughs> it's great <laughs> it's a good thing to add to my life um you can also join there's a facebook group um it's in its little beginning stages but you can join and you can share your weird mysterious stories you can slide into our dms and you can let us know if anything weird or mysterious has ever happened to you. Anything. Or let us know what you think about any of the topics we've covered. Yes. 
Have you ever seen a black dog? I mean, not just a regular old one. Like a spooky one. With red glowing eyes. Stone. You ever smoked weed with a demon dog? That's why their eyes are red. <laughs> oh my god. This is all it's it is. It's making you guys. so much sense. Anyway, have you ever done that or seen that? Do you have any theories? How many things did we mispronounce? How many <laughs> things? Um, Slide into our DMs or email us at none of this is real podcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, we just got to do our first listener stories centric episode, and it was really fun. And I like, I just want to listen to y'all. You listen to us. Let us return the favor, and then yeah, we'll we're all let you listen to yourself. Um, we are. You can also send us a recording of your voice saying uh, what's real to you, or anything really. Yeah, what's your favorite conspiracy theory? We'll just a bit of wisdom, a silliness. We'll stick it right on the end of this podcast. Um, check out our Patreon, and I, I just want to let you guys know, you turkey buzzards, that you don't have to believe in any of the stuff we just said. You really don't. No one's forcing you. Chill out. But you do. I will force you to believe on yourself. Yes, please believe all over yourself. Yeah, get it, like, all over. And it, all the nooks and crannies. Thoroughly. Bye, love you. Bye. Bobby, what scares the crap out of you? People that, not they don't scare me. The, the ideology of this scares me. Hurting people that don't agree with you. Like, I don't see any reason, like, even if someone disagrees on, like, about something that's so important to me, I just can't see committing a violent act. And it scares me that our society is kind of getting to a point where on both sides of the political spectrum, like, it's an acceptable 